And I, we just were singing. I mean, that, I feel like that song was a great kind of song to, to bring us from where we were last week on the top of Mount Carmel when God shows up with fire falling down from heaven and all the people turn to God and say, He is God, Lord of all. Like, that's, that's a great place to be. And so today we're going to be in 1 Kings 18. And um, if, if I was to be transparent with you, I would tell you that when, when I set up series and when I'm studying and praying about you know, what God would have me speak about. Um, there are times that there, there are sermons that you circle and you kind of think like, that one's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that one. And then there are some that you're kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. But I, I got to tell you, like, this was one of those that maybe was a, we'll see how this one goes. Because we're coming off the Mount Carmel experience, the, the fire by heaven. And it's like, that, that one's easy. That one's fun. And, but then today, man, I got to tell you, like all week long, God's been speaking to me. And I, I, I could preach five sermons back to back on this text. That's how much good stuff there is here. And so, so I want to catch us up. Um, Israel at this point is in a place of, um, of struggle. King Ahab and his wife Jezebel have led them in a bad direction. In 1 Kings 16, it says that King Ahab was, did more evil, did worse than all the other kings put together. And so in 1 Kings 17, and this was our first week of the series, Elijah shows up to King Ahab. He's sent by God. And he says, there's going to be a drought because you've turned away from God and you've turned to idols. So he says, it's not going to rain again until I say so. And so that's the the, the beginning of the drought in 1 Kings 17. And then last week, we were in 1 Kings 18. At the beginning of 1 Kings 18, God says, go to Ahab, and I'm going to send the rain. And so Elijah goes to Ahab, and that's when we see the big square off between Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And last week, we ended with fire fell from heaven. God showed up. It was made abundantly clear, and the people turned their hearts. And, and so that brings us to 1 Kings 18, verse 40. But, but first, I just want to say this. The people had been three and a half years in drought. They'd been struggling for three and a half years. No water, no rain. And they'd been hurting. And, and I just want to say what God's been speaking to me all week about this text, I, I really believe that the story of Elijah is incredibly relatable for all of us. But what God's been speaking to me this week is that I'm not one to like claim that we're in the middle of biblical times or things like that, but I believe that we're in a place right now in our world where we're experiencing some dryness, some drought, some darkness. And I'm not saying this is, you know, we're in 1 Kings 17 and 19, but I got to tell you, I think, I think we're finding, we could find ourselves very easily in this story. There's a lot of darkness around us. There's a lot of dryness around us, brokenness. We're in the middle of a, a pandemic that has, we've lost loved ones and we've lost people and it's been painful for the world. And now there's all the implications of that that we're feeling. I, I mean, it, it, we're in a time of difficulty. And maybe some of you are out there thinking like, no, my life is pretty good. Things are good right now. But there's no denying that the world around us has turned away from God and that we're experiencing some darkness and some dryness, some drought as a result of that. I thought about, you know, you can't trust hardly anything that you hear these days. You don't know what to believe. 
whether it's on the news or whether it's on social media or whether whatever it is, it's hard to figure out who's lying and who's telling the truth. There's so much hatred. I, if you spend any time in conversation or on social media, it's pretty quick to find out that we are quick to anger right now. There's, there's a lot of hatred, and it just takes a little spark, and you will see a forest fire of, of hatred. That's the world we're living in right now. Our world is full of, of sexual sin. We have human trafficking is one of the huge problems in our world where people are being kidnapped and sold into sexual slavery. That's a real thing in our world. There was a, I don't, I don't want to get too far into this, but there was, a, there was a human trafficking ring exposed at the highest level of our country, and guess what's happened? Nothing. Because we're living in darkness. We're living in dryness and we're in the middle of this drought. And I don't, I don't want to depress you today. I really don't, but I, I want you to hear God's word and I want you to understand that the darkness and the dryness and the drought that you feel, some of you are living in the middle of what you would consider a drought in your life where you're just like, God, I need you. I need you. I've needed you for a long time. I need you to show up. And that's where we find the people here. God's shown up at Mount Carmel. He's shown them that he is God. Their hearts have turned back, but they're still in a drought. We're, we're kind of living in some of these times. And so I think 1 Kings has a lot to say to us today in the midst of difficult, dark, dry times. I'm going to start in verse 40. In all honesty, I was going to skip verse 40. As I studied this, I was just going to skip over it because this is a difficult text. And some of these texts, I think, are hard to, uh, to talk about from the pulpit without spending a lot of time um, talking through it. But the more I studied this message this week and the more I studied this drought and, and 1 Kings 18 at the end, the more I feel like we've got to talk about verse 40. So I'm going to read it here. And this is, this is heavy stuff. Then Elijah commanded them, so, so God has shown up, fire has fallen from heaven, the, the sacrifice has been consumed, the altar's been consumed, and all the people turn back to God. And this is what it says, Then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. And they seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. Now, this is, these texts are difficult. It's hard to read through those and understand what's happening, but this is important for us today when we're living in dark times and when we're living in drought. Let, let me tell you about Israel's history with idols. God had come to Israel several times and said, get rid of the idols, put them away, get rid of them, destroy them, get them out of here. And several times, the people of God said, okay, you are God, we're just going to put these idols back here on the shelf. We're going to put these idols in the closet so they're put away, and we'll worship you. But what happens time and time again with, the, with God's people is that when they don't destroy the idols, when they don't get rid of them completely, the first time they experience difficulty, what do they do? They turn back to them. 
And so I, in no way do I read this because I think it's condoning killing lots of people, but, but this is what I want you to get from this, that when we have idols, when there's darkness, when there's brokenness, and when there's idolatry in our world, in our lives, it has to be destroyed, gotten rid of. I'm not condoning killing people. That's not what we're talking about here. But if there are things in our lives, and let's just be really honest, there are things in the church that are idolatry. There's darkness and brokenness inside the church, inside God's people. And when we're in a drought, the only way for the drought to end is to get rid of what started it in the first place. So verse 40 is important because the the idolatry, the prophets of Baal, they had to go. And I know it's harsh and we could talk a lot further about it, but they had to go. And we in the church, I'm just, this is kind of sub point A, like this isn't even the bulk of the sermon. We're not even there yet. But real quick, we're, we're living in dark times of dryness. There is no place for idolatry, for sin in the church, and God's people. And so if there's anything in your life, in the church, if there's anything that doesn't put God first, if there's anything that's come above God, it's got to go. Otherwise, the drought's not going to end. The whole, the whole purpose of the drought was to turn people's hearts back to God. And so are there things that need to go? We, the people of God, need to be faithful to put God first and to get rid of anything that doesn't glorify God. So now, Elijah's, God's shown up, um, fire has fallen from heaven, the, the um, prophets of Baal are gone, and, and the cause of the drought is gone, and now Elijah is ready for the rain. And 1 Kings 18, verse 1, it says, go to Ahab and I will bring rain. So Elijah here he is. It's time. It's time for some rain. So verse 41, I'm going to have you do something today. Listen, I've kind of gotten out of the habit of doing something, and it, it wasn't intentional, but I apologize for it. I would like all of us to stand as we read God's Word. I, we just kind of stopped doing that, and it wasn't intentional, but I want us to have a reverence and a respect for God's Word. And so, so follow along with me. Verse 41 says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. His servant came back. There is nothing there, he said. There's nothing there. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. All right, so I, I gave you the, the, the downer part earlier. We live in some dark times, right? 
There's some drought around us. I want to give you the good news. Rain is coming. You can have a seat. So Elijah came to Ahab with a mission. God said, go to Ahab and and I'm going to bring the rain. That was Elijah's mission was to go to Ahab and to see the rain. See, sometimes I think we, we get caught up in Mount Carmel. And we think Elijah was there for Mount Carmel, and that was a part of the story. But sometimes in the church, I think we get focused on the fire falling on Mount Carmel. We get focused on these big moments where God shows up, and that's what we want, and that's what we're all about. But Elijah's mission was to go and see the rain. When God brought fire down from heaven, that wasn't the end of it. The drought was still going. And so Elijah then goes and prays on Mount Carmel. Sometimes I think we're way too focused in the church on the fire falling moments and not focused enough on climbing Mount Carmel and praying for rain. There's two things we're going to see today. Number one, what God does, what God is going to do and is doing, what we need to do what we're called to do as the people of God. So let's break this text down. Verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Now this is an interesting line here because as we see in the text in a minute, the rain's not there yet. He hasn't seen it and he says, go eat and drink. Go ahead. You can carry on with life because there is the sound of heavy rain." I really, I don't believe that Elijah is actually hearing the rain at this point. You know what I think Elijah's hearing? I think Elijah's hearing the certainty of God's promises. God says, go to Ahab and I will bring rain. And so here God showed up, the fire's falling, and, and, and I think Elijah's saying, hey, I can hear the rain, and I don't think that's like physically hearing the rain. I think what he's saying is, I know it's coming. God said it. It's going to happen. God doesn't fail. He's proven it time and time again, so we can hear it because God says it. If God says there's rain, there's going to be rain. You can take that to the bank. One of my favorite movies, don't judge me. It's dumb and dumber. You guys, you guys knew that, didn't you? You're like, you're a dumb and dumber guy. <laughs> There's two characters in Dumb and Dumber, and um, the name says it all. They're dumb and dumber. <laughs> and and the, part of the story is they find this briefcase that a woman leaves behind, and they're going to chase her down, and they're going to give her her briefcase back. And so along the way, they happen to, the briefcase happens to open up, and inside the briefcase is a ton of cash. And they're chasing this woman down to give her her briefcase back. But along the way, they kind of need some money. So they start borrowing some of that cash. And it, toward the end of the movie, they cut, like the woman finally comes in and there's the briefcase and they open it up and there's no money left. Just pieces of paper, just little folded pieces of paper that say, I owe you. And it's all the things they've spent the money on. And I love this, this line. They're like, where's the money? And they say, listen... That's as good as money. Those are IOUs. And every cent is accounted for. And my favorite part is they say, you might want to hold on to that one. That's 250000 That was a Lamborghini. And, and so, so like this idea of the money wasn't there, but they're saying, listen, the money is as good as there. You may as well see the money. 
because those are IOUs and the IOU is as good as the money. That's kind of the situation I think we're seeing with Elijah. He says, I can hear the sound of rain. And I, I think it's the certainty of hearing God's word that rain is coming. So he says, go eat and drink. I know I can hear it. And, and so when God promises something, let's just go first thing. What does God do? What is God doing? God promises rain. God's promised us a lot of things. God promises that we will not be defeated by sin and death. God promises that we will not lose this war. I, let me just tell you, I was sitting with some pastors this week, and we were just talking about how life is going and the season we're in, and a couple of them said, you know, it, it just seems like the season that we're living in is one where we're losing a lot more than we're winning. I, I hate to hear that from pastors, and I'm not saying they're, they're wrong. I'm saying it feels like we're in a season of dryness and drought. It feels like there's more losses than wins sometimes. People getting mad at each other, hating each other over, over silly things. People walking away from God over, over things that just aren't that important. Hatred, lying, angst, it feels like there's more loss than gain sometimes. I got a text yesterday from a pastor friend of mine, and he said, would you please pray for my church? Because I'm afraid if something doesn't change, it's going to die. Listen, God promises that even when it, we sang it earlier, even when we don't see it, you're working even when we don't feel it, you're working. God promises that the powers of darkness, the powers of drought, the powers of sin, the powers of Satan will not prevail. God's kingdom will prevail. So when God says it, it's going to happen. We can understand today that in the midst of the darkness and the drought, rain is coming. Verse 42, so Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down on the ground, put his face between his knees. And he tells his servant, he says, go look toward the sea. And he went up and looked, and his servant comes back and says, there's nothing there. Can you imagine the servant? Like, this is Elijah. He's just stood up to 450 prophets of Baal. Fire's fallen from heaven. Like, this is the Elijah that stopped the rain. He says, hey, I'm going to stay here and pray. I want you to go look. And the servant goes up and looks and comes back and says, Hey, uh, boss, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And seven times Elijah said, Go back. Now, there's a lot of parts of the story I love, but I think this part might be um, one of my favorites. See, Elijah has been faithful to God. Elijah has... It wasn't Elijah that turned away from God. It wasn't Elijah that, that, went, um, what, that worshiped idols. It wasn't Elijah that had been in the wrong. And God had provided for Elijah every step of the way. And then we see this big Mount Carmel moment where God brings fire from heaven, as Elijah called it, in that big moment. And, and I think it would be easy for Elijah at this point to stop and think, my job is done. I've been faithful. God's been faithful to me. Now I'm going to step back and I'm going to let it play out how it's supposed to play out. 
That's not what we see Elijah do, and I think this is what we need to hear as the church today. What does Elijah do? He climbs the mountain, and he prays. He humbles himself, and he prays. Why why does Elijah climb the mountain and pray? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Like God's already shown up and defeated the prophets of Baal. That's all done. God's promised rain. He said, hey, rain's coming. Why does he climb the mountain and pray? I I believe that he climbs the mountain to pray because the number one thing in his life is seeing God's will to be done. And God had been faithful all the way for him, and these people had turned their back on God, but God's promise was to bring rain. And so Elijah says, I'm climbing back up the mountain, and I'm going to pray until the rain comes. See, it's, it's God who brings the rain. It's God who fulfills his promises. But it's our job, as the people of God, to pray. We don't pray enough. Oh man, I love Elijah's faithfulness to God here that he doesn't just sit back and gloat and say, see, I was right all along. Good luck with that. He says, no, I'm all about God's business and I will kneel, I will climb the mountain and I will kneel down and I will pray until the rain comes. Our job is to pray. Our job is to be so so much worshiping God and putting God first that whatever God wants to do, we are going to devote ourselves to pray for it. We're going to pray until it happens. Not hunker down and get in our nice little comfort zone and watch as the world slowly dies. We're called to pray. God promises that his kingdom is coming. God promises that the powers of darkness will not prevail. And you know what God needs the church to do? God needs the church to pray. Rain's coming. That's what God does. We're called to pray and be faithful and be all about God's work. And so if God's desire is to bring redeeming and restoring to all things, our first prayer should not be, God, make me comfortable. It should be, God, redeem and restore all things. Bring the rain. That's what we should be all about. And so in the midst of dark times, I just want to ask you guys a question. Are we, as the people of God, who have seen God be faithful in work time and time again, are we willing to pray until we see the rain? So, of course, this is probably probably the most relatable part of the text for me. (laughs) You guys will will get this. You guys will feel this, like, deep in your soul. You know, because Elijah, all right, so God shows up, the sacrifice burns up, the people turn their hearts, everything's right, and he says, the rain's coming, and he climbs up the mountain, and he's so faithful, he says, I'm going to pray, and he sends his servant and says, go ahead, go find the rain, and the servant goes up, and he comes back, and he says, hey, boss, there's nothing there. Have you ever been in a place where you've, you've known that God is faithful? You've known that God is working, you know what God's going to do? You've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed, but it just, you don't see it. And and it's almost like you're sending that servant up and time and time again, he's coming back and saying, hey, there's nothing there. I love how Elijah handles it. He says, keep going back. Keep going back. My God is bringing rain 
and I'm going to pray until it happens. So keep going back. Keep going back. Not only are we called to pray for God's will as the people of God, we are called to keep praying, to be persistent in prayer, to know that God is bringing rain, and to pray until it happens. It's not, hey, I'm going to pray for this this week, and you know, if it doesn't happen, we tried. We pray until God brings the rain. We know the rain's coming. If you don't see it, what do we need to do? We need to just keep praying. Are we willing to be persistent in prayer? Verse 44, the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Let me translate that for you. The servant's been up there seven times, and seven times it's been, hey, there's nothing there. I know that you say God's bringing rain, but there's nothing there. And the, that seventh time he gets up there, and there's this little cloud, and the servant comes back, and he says, hey, I've got some news for you. I mean, it's not the best news, but there's this, like, little cloud out there. Something's happening. It's not exactly what we were expecting. Something's happening. There's this little cloud. So Elijah said... This whole thing is great. Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before this rain stops you. So there's this little cloud, this little cloud. The servant's like, hey, there's a little cloud. There's something. It's not much, but there's something. And Elijah says, all right, that's what we're looking for. Go ahead and tell him if he doesn't get on the road, he's not going to make it because that rain is coming. In verse 45, meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode to Jezreel. And then this is like, I'm going to label this the like 1960s to 1980s Nazarene version of the text here. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Like, this is old school Nazarene church here. Like, like God shows up, the rain comes. What's Elijah do? I'm going to take off running. God's here. The rain's here. I told you it was coming. It's here. I'm so excited. I got to go. There's this little cloud. He says, you better get on your way. And all of a sudden the rain starts and the power of God comes over Elijah and he takes off because our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. And whatever God's calling you to, you better get to it. Because if he says there's rain, there's going to be rain. See, he knows. He knows that that little cloud, the size of a man's hand, he knows that that little cloud's going to turn into everything that God said it would be. What starts as a small cloud, God will turn into heavy rain. God will bring his promises to truth, even when it's something small. So we might be sending the servant, we might be praying, we might be faithful, and we might be saying, hey, go check it out, and hey, there's nothing yet. But hey, there's this little cloud. When you see that cloud, I want you to know that God is faithful. I told you about this pastor that was texting me yesterday, a good friend of mine. And this morning as I was studying God's Word again, texted him back and I said I'm so thankful that you are the Elijah for that church that you are called to stand and to kneel and to pray and to call on the name of God you know there's rain coming and there is rain coming keep praying 
And when you see that little cloud, (laughs) the rain's coming. So what do we do in the midst of a dark and broken and dry world? How do we as Christians, what do we do in the midst of the darkness and the brokenness? What is our calling? Our calling is to pray, to trust, to put God first, and to vote ourselves entirely to his will. James chapter 5, verse 13. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And then listen to verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Elijah had a nature like ours, and in the midst of drought, he prayed for rain, and what happened? God was faithful. And the rain came. What are we called to do? God brings the rain. God's kingdom is coming. The powers of darkness all around us will not win. God's bringing the rain. Today, I believe we are called to pray. We are called to pray until we see it. We're called to pray for God's will. And so here's Here's what I want to ask you to do. The worship team's going to come up and we're going to sing a couple songs. And there's going to be some celebration in here because we know when God says it, it's going to happen. But I want to ask you to do something that's maybe a little bit out of our norm. I want to ask you to pray. And I don't mean just like sit there quietly and, you know, bow your head. If that's what you want to do, that's great. But I want to ask you to pray for God's will to be done. There may be some people in here that would say, I'm in the middle of a drought and I don't see the rain. I don't see God's promises happening. So maybe for some of you, it's just you need to be faithful to come and kneel. You need to kneel where you're at. You need to stand up and you need to say, God, I know that you've promised rain. I know that you are above all things. I know that you are God and my heart is turned to you. Bring your rain. If there's anyone in here, I I just, right now, I want to ask if anyone would be willing to kneel, to stand, to lift prayers for rain. I want to ask you to do it right now. Don't be afraid. This isn't, there's nothing shameful about this. And guess what? We live in a dark world that's broken and there's, there's stuff all around us, but God is bringing rain and we are called to pray for it. Is there anyone here that would say, I know my God is bringing rain and I will pray right now. If anyone wants to come up here and kneel at an altar, I'm going to kneel at an altar when I'm done after after I say a prayer with you. If anyone wants to come and pray for your situation, for the world around us, if anyone wants to say, I will be faithful, 
Come and pray. Listen, if you can't kneel at an altar, you can stand where you are. You can kneel at your seat. You can sit up here at the front. God's going to bring the rain. We need to be faithful to pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that when you promise When you promise rain, rain is coming. And Lord, we are living in some dark days. And I know there are people in here, I've already prayed for them in this service, that are going through dark times and pain. But I know that you are God and that you are bringing rain. And we live in a world that's broken and hurting. And we live in a world of darkness. And it seems like there's more losses than wins. But Lord, you are God. And so we as your people want to be faithful to pray for rain. Lord, we are all about your will. Help us to kneel. Help us to stand in the gap for the world around us and to pray for your will to be done. We love you, Jesus. We lift it all to you in Jesus' name.